Sometimes this shit is work, but most of the time it's just rock and roll. I was born on Saturday night. I was born on Saturday night. I was born on Saturday night at 10:28 p.m. Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 168, January 19th. 2020 with your host Midtober. Thank you all for listening. Great musical show for you guys tonight. Carrie Seward, otherwise known as Spank Williams, joined me today in the Far North Toker studio. So much going on with this lady. I'm gonna really try to support what she is doing. I, I, these local artists. Instead of watching TV, get out there and see what's going on. Participate. See some live theater. See some bands. See a poet. You never know, right? Go out. Watch the TV screen of life. Support local artists. Couldn't think of a better one to support. Carrie Seward. Lots going on. It doesn't happen without the support. Great show tonight. Really look forward to you guys hearing what she has to come out. Very privileged to have two of her songs that we will feature tonight. Saturday Night and Devil Beat His Wife. Great jams. Listening to them earlier. Let me listen to them later again. Let's just get right to Carrie. Spank Williams. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy the show. Come on down to Alaskan Blooms for the finest cannabis in Alaska. We've got deals going all week to show appreciation to our wonderful customers just like you. Got a case of the Mondays? Then Munchy Monday is the perfect way to wind down. Swing by and take advantage of our 25% off sale on all edibles. We've got candy, sodas, hash aids, coffee, cookies, and crackers. With so many edibles to choose from, Munchy Monday is the perfect time to save on edibles. We're showing love to our concentrate lovers on Turpy Tuesday. Come by Tuesday and get 1 gram Red Run cartridges for $35. That's almost half price. Half gram carts are only $28. We're also selling our fireweed extracts, terp sugars, for only $40 a gram. Did you know that we carry a wide variety of CBD-infused water? Wet and Wild Wednesday is a great time to sample them all. CBD waters are 35% off. This Thirsty Thursday, we figured we'd keep the deal rolling on Red Run Hash Aids. You could still buy six for $90. Pick up 12 of them and that's $30 off. Fire Eater Friday is back and all Fire Eater products are 25% off. We've got hard candy and sodas that should get your weekend off to the right start. Saturday is Shatterday and you know what that means. 25% off all shatter in the store. We've even got baller slabs and CBD shatter made with our own bird strain. And this Sunday is still CBD Sunday. Purchase one CBD product for 10% off, grab two CBD products and get 20% off. Stock up and get three or more CBD products and save 30% on your whole CBD order. We're closing in fast on our retail shop's one-year anniversary and we're only getting started. We here at Alaskan Blooms can't stop and won't stop giving you the best deals with the best service. 8 a.m. to midnight, 2443 Arvilla Street, Fairbanks, alaskanblooms.com. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.
And it's just weird when someone else doesn't participate in the, your same activity and you oh, yeah. are heavily indulging in it at that time, whatever, dancing or singing or karaoke or puzzles. Whatever. Yeah, I also don't care because, like, like, I'm a vegetarian, so mm. I don't want to be like, oh, the things that you enjoy are gross. Like, I want everybody to like their shit, but, you know, if I... If I want to like go out and smoke a joint, I'm gonna fucking go out and smoke a joint. <laughs> yeah, if you're giving if you're giving someone else freedom, you're expecting it back, right? And I think tobacco is gross. I think it's disgusting, and people smoke all over the place. But I, I try not to yell at smokers. It is, I mean, it is not good for them. Like if I like people, I'm gonna tell them to stop smoking cigarettes because I like them and I don't want them to die. Gross, How do you horrible. Do it? You just straight up. I just say it's gross and gross and boring, and it doesn't get you laid. <laughs> it doesn't like that cool factor make you feel good. Like I just think quitting smoking was one of the best things I ever did, and I think that people should know like how much like you think it'll make your life better, but it makes your life like so much better. By quitting, quitting smoking cigarettes, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can breathe again. You can run. You can go taste upstairs. Food. You can taste food. You can. You're not a slave. You can get on a fucking airplane. You know, you're you're enslaved to tobacco in a very visceral way. And when people who are heavy smokers think about any activity in their life, they got to bookend it with cigarettes. And they think about like how they're going to get away from that activity to go have a cigarette. So smoking cigarettes is always your primary relationship, no matter what else you're engaging in. It became punctuation of every... You are fundamentally a smoker going bowling, a smoker on an airplane, a smoker at a restaurant. You know, you're not, you're not a person anymore. You're, you're defined by your gross, smelly, bad for you, super strong addiction... Have it. Do you think the same thing happens with cannabis? No. Doesn't. Not at all. You're not like factored in as you're a pot smoker or like you're a cigarette smoker. Like you're not, you're not put in the same yeah, way. It's a smaller group. I don't really care. Like call me, you that way. call me a cannabis smoker all day long. Like, you know, that's fine with me. I will identify as that. I will mm. live as that. But I don't, if I don't, if I can't find a place or a way to get to go smoke some weed. I'm not going to freak out. I don't plan my day around when I'm going to be able to go sneak away and smoke weed. I mean, not necessarily. I'm just saying, I think I think tobacco smoking is totally different than weed smoking. You've never be. been a... I've probably smoked 10 cigarettes in my life. Yeah, I mean, I smoked a lot. Um, so I was from a family lucky. of smokers. And I'm really... I'm really glad I quit. Anyway, whatever. No good. Well, gross. Sometimes when I hit record, we just get to get to going, and it's fun. Um, Let me introduce you. Hi. Welcome to Far North Tokers. Carrie Seward. Carrie Seward. What else? You also are are someone else a celebrity? Someone else? Is it your stage name? Is it Spank Williams? Spank Williams. Um, I do a bunch of stuff. Um, I am a Nonprofit arts administrator and a theater artist, and 
Also, I have a music career, and so Spank Williams is my Spank Williams and the Badasses is my current band, rock band, and um, and then I also do burlesque. Under I've been trying to decide. I was usually Dick Smoker when I did burlesque, <laughs> which I think is good, but I also kind of like Spank Williams doing all the performing, entertaining stuff, like. Because then it could be one brand. Right. Like, I don't need... How many names do I need? You know? Was it a conscious thought or it became Spank Williams? Um, well, I started by learning Hank Williams songs. It had to be because I was thinking coming over here. Why that? Is it branded that way? That's just where your inspiration comes from. I started playing guitar because I wanted to sing. I was always a singer. And... I wanted to write songs and stuff, but you can't, like, unless you can communicate musically to a band, you can't just be a singer and write songs without a concept of how to communicate musically with your other musicians. So I had to learn an instrument, and like, I had learned a piano as a kid, but I never really took to it, you know? So, like, the guitar is just so much more accessible. I think it's like, it's kind of a common man's instrument instead of being sort of for the concert halls and the, because people don't have pianos in their houses like they used to. But you know, people do still have guitars in their houses. Much um, cheaper. It's cheaper, it's smaller, it's more portable. Usually somebody somewhere has a guitar. And so it's more of a um, a community sort of family sort of it's an instrument that makes a party because then you can pass it around to everybody. Somebody usually in a room, one person there that's not the guitar guy can play a song. You know, so it's like. And everybody can sing. I've been trying lately to learn more, like, radio songs, like songs people would know. So that in group settings, I can do more sing-alongs. Because I think it's, you know, campfire, festival, whatever. It's really fun to build that kind of energy. And it's just... In our modern world, like... When do we sing together? When do we dance together? When do we breathe together? Like, even theater is church. dying. Church. Concerts. I don't fucking go to church. Well, concerts. Mm-hmm. I thought sometimes I And those are people. huge and popular and common in Fairbanks. I wish not. I really... That's what, one of the things I miss and I get to go No, it's really big rock concert. Yeah. But, like, I mean, here in this town... How do you build fellowship? How do you build community? How do you build connection in people my age and younger and older? (laughs) But, you know, we don't, we don't go to church in the same way. We don't, um, have clubs that we like always go to or diners that we always go to. Where do we all go? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know? Our community gathering places are virtual these days. So it's like to get people in a room together to watch something and talk about it, like that's a triumph. 
When's the last time it happened for you? I had a rock show Saturday night. A bunch of people came. We had a good time. Awesome. With Spank Williams and the Badasses? Uh-huh. Where it's What'd you guys new, open with? It's a new lineup. Um, <coughs> I don't know. We we played Snake Farm by Ray Wiley Hubbard. We often play that song. We play... Kind of walk the line between um, kind of outlaw country and uh, more of a pure 60s rock aesthetic. That's what I'm trying to cultivate. And then I have some kind of like, you know, country <laughs> songs that I've, I've tried to learn how to play more chords. But when I started with the Hank Williams thing, it was all like <coughs> three chords and the truth. You know, what does that mean? <coughs> Country music it doesn't take much. <coughs> you know, you just you just need write the song, make the emotion pure, like capture that little moment, that little feeling that you wanted to talk about, and the the melody will just write itself. You know, Hank Williams song. He's got fucking. <coughs> I have like 89 singles on this one album. In one way, they're all the fucking same. Like the chords are very similar all over the place. The rhythm's close. You got fast, you got slow. But each one is its own little gem of magic, its own little different thing. You know, and each little turn of phrase, like I'm super wordy, poet, lyricist kind of person. So each little word, you know, I've worked on my songs for a long time because I want to get like the word text placement and the the way you say it perfect, just like a rapper, you know, mm-hmm. like you want it every time to flow the exact perfect way where I was going. But I started learning guitar so I could make money. Participate, participate with the band. No, just theater doesn't make money. And I saw musicians making money and I was like, I want money. Huh. So, Fame. No, not fame, just money. Primarily, (coughs) being in a band pays every time you play. Even if it's not much, usually you get lost. Where did you see that? What was your experience with that? How did you know that happened? I sing backup with Paper Scissors, this rock band here in town. So you saw that someone hired you to do that, and then you're like, oh shit. And then we had a gig, and then they were counting out the money at the end of the night, and they gave me, they were just like, here's 50 bucks. And I was like, 50 fucking bucks? To sing? Well, from a, from a theater perspective, Mm -hmm. like, you never, you never make 50 bucks in theater. (coughs) In Fairbanks. (coughs) So I was like, oh shit, maybe, maybe music is the way. And then, and then I learned how to play guitar, and then I wrote, I think I'm up to 58 songs. Maybe How long have you been writing? I think 2011, 2012. Coming up about 10 years approaching it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit less than that. But. So more than five years. 2012 is when I started learning guitar. So 2012. Did you have a song before you knew how to play guitar? Like, could you hear it? And you just didn't know how to play it yet? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's still how it is. I I can write songs much harder than... Where's your light? I can write songs much harder than I can play. But that's where you get the badasses who can play that shit. 
Hmm, right. It's good to have musicians better than you. Well, in any, it's good to have better people than you around, right? In anything. They're really fucking good. They pull you up. Not not only do they pull me up, but like, I get to sing in a more free way because the wall of sound is like complete. Which, which you're not the best thing up there pulling something along. Well, and even with playing rhythm guitar and kind of driving the car, I don't have to like, I'm not pulling the song out of the band. The band is just perfectly holding me so I can just chill. It's like, and sometimes it's not the way. Sometimes like a summer gig, like if the sound isn't right and it's real echoey, you can't hear each other. Like, you know, it's cold, mosquitoes are fucking biting you. Like, sometimes this shit is work, but most of the time it's just rock and roll. I was born on Saturday night. I was born on Saturday night. I was born on Saturday night at 10.28 p.m. Get uh, money for nothing, huh? Like, it's definitely not nothing. <laughs> like, getting your shit all together is kind of a... <coughs> it's a pretty big hurdle <coughs> to have a good guitar that won't go out of tune, a good amp, good chords, good fucking picks, tuner, know how to play. Just on your own. Have the car to get all your shit to your gig, you know. And then meet up with four, five, three other people that also agree with all that. I and pity people trying to have a six-person band. I try to keep it to three or four total. Me plus three or me plus two. Um, we're, we're That sounds like a, a decision. Oh, yeah. Less people equals more money. This is a money. This is a monetary proposition. Like, I love to rock, but, like, I rock because... <laughs> no, that's not even true. It's just, like, I want it. I want to take it seriously as a side job. And, you know, money is how we show that we value things in this life, especially in our yes. society. So many Time. people want to tell you the artist shouldn't be able to make money, right? What the fuck are they talking about? Time is money. Like, if I don't have time to think about my fucking songs, then they're not going to write themselves. Would you do it anyway? What? Create. <laughs> I'm always creating. <laughs> <coughs> if theater <coughs> paid, I'd just do theater. <coughs> I mean, I love music, but <coughs> theater doesn't pay. <coughs> no, you have to. You have to make money in this world. <coughs> well, yeah, and and I'm not twenty. You know, I'm thirty nine. Like, you spend how many years loving what you do? You know, I've done I've done a hundred plays in this town. I love plays. I, I do them all the time. I just saw that you did um, Sound of Music. With I Flo. did. I directed that. Was, was that your first? No. Tons of directing there. Yeah. This is my first look into your life. This is there. this is my first. Well, so I wrote my own musical called Out There Honky Tonkin with Amanda Bent. We co-wrote, co-directed, and co-produced. The original Alaska musical. And Raisa Rose Harris was the songwriter. So we wrote like a honky-tonk opera of Raisa's songs. We did a full production here in town. Then we did a revival the next year. went on tour to Anchorage. It was, it was a huge undertaking. It was really fun. 
But that whole fucking thing didn't make me any money. Did you, you lose know? money? No. I made a tiny bit of money the first one. The second one, I lost money. I lost 600 bucks, which was like, like this just a rent, just a month's rent. Like it's not, it's not disastrous. It's also fucking me working for four months, kind of full time for free and then disappointing all my friends because I couldn't give them more money. Like I tried, but you know, but also now I'm a, now I'm a non-alcohol drinker. Maybe, maybe the money would be better if I was not, you know, quite so drunk. Or spending your money on that. Or, Even you know, what I, what I want to do is I want to hire a fucking ex-checker. Like one person who's in charge of all of the money and the counting and the accounting, a bookkeeper. And just like they take the money, go deposit it in the bank, all that shit. That's what, that's what I want to hire. Because, like... Yeah, artists, a lot of times, aren't good on the money side. Well, I'm not bad on the money side. It's just kind of, what are you focusing on? Like, and the thing is, as an artist, I don't want to fucking argue with myself about the money. (laughs) I want to spend the money on the art. Like, oh, it's just so tragic that, like, we don't have government-funded grants the way Germany does and Sweden and even the UK. Like, for film, for fucking theater, for new music, like, the government needs to fucking step it up. Or private. Not the state of Alaska. It's hard to get that U.S. government Mm -hmm. needs to be paying artists to make art. Just like in the Great Depression... Just like the CCC and all that shit. Like... We do now, right? With public buildings, I think there's like a 1%... I don't give a fuck about a sculpture. I mean, yes, I give a fuck about a sculpture. But I'm a performing artist. Like... Everything's... Is now. Where are the... Where are the grand opening ceremonies with ballets and shit? Like... I don't know. It's just like... And then the upper echelon is so hoity-toity and so white and so privileged. And it's like, they're acting like, you know, fucking skateboarding and, and like karate and dance and all this stuff is just not art or graffiti, you know? And I'm just like, wake the fuck up. Like, I'm already old. And that's generations ago. Like, the world, our society is churning out art all over the place. In our fashion, in our fucking, you know, raps on the street, in our busking musicians, in our... We're bursting with talent. And we we don't appreciate it. And we don't... They still want the fucking opera. And I love the opera. But also, fuck the opera. Like, it's very white, and it's very rich, and it's very far away from most people's lives. It's not, yeah, it's not accessible. And if you're not supporting artists, like, for example, Alaskan artists making art about Alaska, it's going to be way less relatable. Like, we should have for us, by us, local entertainment, I think. Because that's the thing that we can have that you can't get on fucking Netflix. Something for a Fairbanks person. Something that's truly funny to you. Like, 
you can watch some shit on the BBC and be like, oh, that's so great. That's so funny. But like, you don't really get the jokes. <laughs> you're laughing because you, you're supposed to at that time. I don't know. I just want to stay here. I want to make pretty shows all the time. Have you been here your whole life? I mean, I've moved away forever 11 times, but other than that. <laughs> you, you keep coming back. I do. Born? <laughs> <coughs> I was born in South Carolina, and I moved here when I was three months old. <clears throat> Why? Why did your parents come up here? Um, my grandparents were Southern Baptist missionaries here, and my mother had grown up here to some extent. So Palmer, Sitka, they were church planters. So Big Lake First Baptist, you started. Um, they moved around the state, and they were here. And my mom and my dad both got jobs at UAF. And um, they could be near. I think my mom wanted to be near my grandma for having a baby. So. Help and just to have your parents know. Yeah. Um, Yep. So mostly here. Mostly here. Uh, Back back. Pretty much started and now in the present. Do you plan on the end being here? Um, well, it's like so many There's layers. There's a lot between. There's, There's so many layers between. to that question, but like. Which one do you want to talk about? Um, I think that because I love theater so much, I may end up in a theater city being Chicago, London, or New York. At some point in my career, if if I really want to work with more money, because, you know, film and theater are kind of painting with money, and like, the more money you can get your hands on, the prettier of a thing you can make, and the more trustworthy you are with that money, and, and the more impactful the shows that you're creating, you know, the more money people trust you with. Which is fabulous. So, if people start trusting me with more money, I will go spend their money. So if so if I can get to uh, if I can get to the Globe, if I can get to London with my play stuff, I will certainly go there. Um, but you know, a but lot of times. Finish though. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Who knows what happens from that one, though. Shakespeare retired back in his hometown. He bought the biggest house in town. <laughs> I understand. I, I, that feeling of going back home. I sure would love, like, a summer house on Harding Lake, a regular house on China Ridge, like, good view. Not the best view, but, like, a pretty good view. And trails, like... Beautiful trails. I love that shit. Or Esther. I love Esther. But uh, what I was going to say. The old adage that Fairbanks makes you unfit to live anywhere else. Like, it's hard for me to handle just, like, the enormity of people. Homeless people. Just people. People. People on the bus. People on the subway. It's crowded out there. And Fairbanks, at least you have, like, some room to breathe. And, you know, I don't, like, not 
Back to the weed. Um, now that weed is legal, I don't really want to live in a state where it's not legal. I would never live in a state now. Like, well, like Hawaii is legalized. But, I mean, you know, not that I would ever leave the West Coast permanently, necessarily, but I do like, I do like smoking weed, and I do like just buying it in a nice, clean, easy little store, and not having to go to a fucking park or whatever. Right, having to meet people, and was it My hair. dangerous as a female buying, dangerous as a male? My hair kind of gives me away, like, people ask me if I want to buy some weed. Oh, so it's a friendly situation? Usually. I kind of assimilate. I'm a good assimilator in cultures and on vacation and stuff. I can talk to people. So is it being a musician or it's being the actor or it's being the performer? Um, actually, I think it's being the arts administrator. I think it's networking and... Having that ability? Um, just my mom and my grandma and my dad, my other grandma. Everybody in my family are really gracious hosts and hostesses and, like, really good at keeping a conversation rolling, just kind of, you know, Sunday dinners, like, making it light and fun. My family was... You had good models for I had really good models for that. And I think that, like, that's one of my strengths. Like, I'm a good MC for events and stuff and just kind of, like, be funny and talk to a group of people in, in and no, they say the, the biggest fear is standing in front of public speaking yeah, public speaking is that in doesn't even exist with you or you just have conquered it and it's done I think a little of both I don't I don't think I ever had much stage fright I certainly didn't do well at auditions for a long time it took me a long time to um, be taken seriously as a performer. And I don't know if that was nerves or... <coughs> I think it was my voice and a quavering voice. But... Um, Physically, your voice or your um, your your entity voice? Like, who you were? Who you were being. I think my voice, my, my entity voice was always bigger than my instrument was capable of handling. Until I was about, well, I sang cabaret at festival when I was like six, and I remember singing really loud. I just, I think I'm just naturally, naturally a singer, a performer, and a, you know, a rock star. more things get chaotic and pressured and um, like crisis mode, the cooler I get. Like like absolute emergencies, I'm just like so level-headed that people think I don't care. And it's not that I don't care, I'm just like freaking out will do no one any good, you know? In the personalities, you bubble up to the top of a conflict situation. I just, I'm just good at being like calm and being like, okay, let's, let's figure out what we got to do, CPR, whatever the fuck, you know. Do you know CPR? I mean, yeah, I've taken it. Have I taken it recently? I don't know. I took it for women in the trades. That was like, I guess that was a long time ago. 
He's like 21. 12. 13. I think some things would come back to you. <coughs> had to save a life. Or if I had to play a doctor on TV. I think I'd be really good at that. Mm, right. The artist. You've seen it a lot of times. Mimic it. You know what looks real. This is a, this is a pilot. Don't steal it, y'all. Okay. Do you want to edit, 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 or shall we just... No, 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 I'm going to tell you guys my pitch. Here's my okay, pitch. Okay, so it's... So Here's it's, my pitch. Here's it's my pitch. No one can steal this. So they're like, is there a doctor on the plane? There's not a fucking doctor on the plane. The only doctor on the plane is the dude who plays doctor whatever the fuck from the soap opera. Like... Like a one life to live type soap opera. Mm-hmm. So all the late, like the little old ladies on the plane are like, doctor, you know, whatever. You have to save him. And he's like, I'm not a doctor. And they're like, you've been playing a doctor for 20 years. Like, come on. Do they even, oh, so they, they know he's the actor. They know he's the actor, but they're like, you gotta, you gotta do it. And so, and then sitting next to him is the writer for the show. So one of the show's writers. So he doesn't really know either, but he's also been writing for the show for 20 years. So, so they try to use their medical knowledge combined. And then there's like somebody else who's like a phlebotomist or whatever. And then there's a vet. Okay. <laughs> so with their powers combined, they're trying to be a doctor. They save him? And save this guy. It's a comedy. Do they save him? Hell yeah, they save him. It's a comedy. Well, Weekend at Bernie's. I mean, the guy was dead the whole time. It was comedy. I would not write Weekend at Bernie's. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's distasteful and disrespectful to our ancestors. If you're going to write comedy, right, you you just got to live at the end. Yeah, he totally... No, he totally lives. And then the doctor believes in himself again. Because he was feeling all shitty. It's like a midlife crisis actor dude. Do you have dialogue written already or is it just in your head written? This is, this is just, this is just a, a log line. This is just a pitch. Well, nothing beyond that. Little idea. You, you know the characters though. I'm, I'm focusing. I'm writing, I'm writing a play. I'm writing a play. I'm writing a play. Okay. I got a play. It's called Working Title The Difference in Emails. And it's about, okay, so Shakespeare. Oh my god, I can't remember the date. So, like November something, 15, 64, I don't know. Some date around there. It's in November. One day, Shakespeare puts in the marriage license with Anne Waitley in this other town called Shropshire. The next day, he marries Anne Hathaway in Stratford-upon-Avon, who is four months pregnant. They have done, like, some science. They're not quite sure if it's just a clerical error. I don't think so. I think he proposes to the one Anne finds out his girlfriend from the summertime was pregnant 
and has to marry her, and it all happens that day. So my play is that day. And it's not really Shakespeare and these two hands. It's like, an ima- it's magical realism. From that inspiration. From that inspiration. So, Anne Hathaway is faced with the question of, does she have an abortion and not tell Will and let him have his career in London and, like, let him be the person she thinks he should be and not, like, tie him down since she's seven years older and shit and she's, like, country AF. Or does she, like, tell him because she knows he'll marry her and shit and then... He's gonna find out. He's gonna he's gonna find out through the old grandma and go to her and propose without her even having to tell him. It'll be very romantic. You'll love it. Truth is the best. And then let everyone decide, right? It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I'm working on that. So that has scenes, that has an outline. That's the one that's gotta get done first. And then this other shit. How long does it take from... How long did it take for this one? From thought to now, for one. Um, well, this has been my primary brain project for 2019. So um, I've been working on it and adding notes in my phone and reading books about um, Shakespeare's wife and thinking about... And I'm applying for a fellowship to go to the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust and live in Stratford-upon-Avon in November because it's super dark. I didn't realize how dark it was. Like, their, you know, their climate is more mild, but they're really kind of far up on the globe. So in November, it's hella fucking dark and kind of gloomy. And I was thinking if I'm writing about one day in one place, I should be there on that day and go check it out. So that's the plan this November. And then finalize finalize my script by the end of this year. Ready to, what, what happens? Perform it or you no, present it? Well, I might do some workshops, but I'm going to submit it for a contest. I'm writing it for a contest. Each play in Shakespeare's canon, they're choosing a modern play that is in conversation with that play. So mine is Love's Labor's Lost, and the my play has a bunch of Love's Labor's Losting things going on. It's a comedy. <laughs> An abortion comedy. It'll be feminist. Laugh. It'll be feminist as fuck. Are you a comedian? Hell yeah. So you're also a comedian. Have you done stand-up? Yes. Uh, that's got that to me is the last bastion of freedom of speech. I was funny. I think I did. Was? Uh, I haven't done Just it lately. Stop. I need to do. I need to write a fresh set. We're supposed to do it in like March, April, March. Where? March, April. At the Botel. Please uh, keep us informed. It's called, it's called Broad Humor is the event, mm-hmm. and it's all ladies, ladies nice. female identifieds. There's a 
there's a joke against female comedians. What is the joke? I don't, I don't think it's just a joke, just, just that they're not as funny as male comedians. Well, so, <laughs> that's because men are <laughs> fucking pricks. They're the ones saying that, right? <coughs> so. Dan, who do you think's funnier, men or women? That's a dicey question. Claiborne, what do you think? Are you kidding? Men, men are funnier than women. <laughs> See, that's just, I bring Ron I mean, in. Uh, I bring Ron in to say the things that I'm too scared to say. <laughs> Apparently, though, there's some science. There's funny too. There's some science now on this issue. There's a new study that's just been done, and here are the results. And I'm gonna go down to the river. Christian Wig. I'm Ron Burgundy. Or Will Ferrell. <laughs> Lucille Ball. Everything's gone up at home, prices, taxes, and miniskirts. Or Bob Hope. When it comes to humor, is there a funnier sex? We have to put up with men, so women are definitely funnier. More people will laugh at men than women. The guys may be onto something, according to a new study that seems straight out of a Seinfeld episode. This cartoon in The New Yorker. I don't get this. Me neither. And you're on the fringe of the humor business. <laughs> a group of men and women were asked to write captions for New Yorker cartoons and then rate which were funny or not. We found that men are funnier just by a hair, and they're mostly funnier to other men. The study also found the not-so-funny captions were most often attributed to a woman, even if they were man-made. Do you think it's a stereotype that men are funnier? I think that's part of yes, that. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. We took our unscientific poll to one of the funniest places on earth, Chicago's second city. Move the Belize and teach English to the Belizean. Where Jim Carlson and Sejal Joshi worked the same stage that launched John Belushi, Bill Murray, Tina Fey, and Gilda Radner. Women are taught to not be as funny on purpose um, because it's seen as unattractive. I mean, we may be more crass. Does that make it funnier? Before the guys start gloating, one more point. We found here that men's confidence outstripped their competence. They thought they would be a lot funnier than, the, than they were actually found. Now that's funny. For Good Morning America, Barbara Pinto, ABC News, Chicago. Is it a predominant, it's people who want to come see funny things according to women. No. From a like, perspective. Or just like but but it but because if it's a man if it's a male comedian it's just a comedian but then when it's a woman it's a female comedian it's a comedian you know ooh look diversity we brought up a white woman instead of a white man aren't you no I'm not fucking impressed like let's get some diversity of point of view. I'm not talking necessarily about diversity of what your comedian looks like, although that would be nice. I'm, I'm fucking banned things when they, when they um, advertise some band from out of state that's coming up that we've never heard of. It's always four white dudes. This is my hashtag, you guys. Hashtag four more white dudes. Every time, every time they have a fucking band, it's four more white dudes. It's like... Well, when you say they are having it, it's the promoter, right? It's the promoter bringing them it's up. It's the promoter whatever. bringing them up. It's the bars that are hiring them. It's whoever this fucking audience is going to unknown four more white dude bands. 
Like, Who's I the don't last? Know. Who can you think of that was the last come up former white dudes? No, I just, I don't know. Oh I don't go to that shit. I just hashtag former white dudes. It's just whenever you see the picture. Like, what? Why? Why is a band these same four instruments played by these same four dudes? Mm-hmm. The same fucking four chords and the same sound. Like, it's not three chords in the truth anymore? Well, let's just get some weirdness, you know? Let's get some queerness. Let's get some color. Let's get some, like... Like, it's hard to be a full-time artist, but you, you kind of need to, like, at least go half-time to really get anything done because, you know... You gotta practice every day. That's just maintaining. That's not like chilling the fuck out and writing a song. You know? And you can't like... Yeah, you can schedule that shit. But also, it's so much better if you're just like, Oh shit, I feel like writing this song right now. Instead of like, Well, Tuesday between 7 and 9, I might have time. Like... I mean, I do utilize my phone, like, I make myself audio notes and stuff, and then I'll try to go back and find that jam again, but, like, I was so much more prolific when I didn't have a day job. But I really like this day job, so I'm not complaining. What it... Mm. It starts... It's between paying for reality, paying for bills, paying for your house to live in, if you don't have something big gig that happens or some big patron that's supporting you patron yeah right it, it, it exists somewhere. sugar daddy mm-hmm. really yeah. show me a fucking patron these days show me a medici you know bill and melinda gates foundation i guess maybe i'm whining maybe i should apply for more grants i apply for quite a bit and get turned down but There's i so many people huh that are doing it I'm a, I'm a, I'm a crystal of an artist. I do many, many things, and my resume is all over the place, and I've always been a shapeshifter as far as my, the ways I can be involved in different kinds of art, and that has not been to my benefit when I put myself on paper or try to sell myself in one particular area, specifically because in most of the world there's no such thing as a solo theater artist. It must be a company, like a whole non-profit. Which, you know... No, what does that mean? Paper. Don't know what you mean. Paper. 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 Like just the support of some of the, the money coming in? To get grants. To get grants from larger donors and things. But I don't know. Um... So music, music is an easier way to like tell, to tell people like I'm this kind of musician, this is my genre, you know, I write these singer songwriter songs. Like that's something that's more like hold on to a bowl. <laughs> but, uh, but still, I still don't get the grants yet. So maybe soon. Maybe someday. You're, you're pushing. You're, it, it doesn't happen without you participating in it. Yeah, and I'm such a procrastinator. I'm like, 
working on it in therapy. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got you've got your play you're working on. You, yes. You, you have an album. Oh, my album, yes, Love Sick. All I have to do is um, be able to pay the studio to get the tracks, and then I can print it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to release these these two cool songs you're going to hear coming up. Maybe you already heard one before we started? Maybe. Maybe. We can put, we can put it in. Well, right now, we're going to listen to... We're going to listen to Saturday Night, which is the title track off this, the single. And this one will be available for, you know, buying on the iTunes and stuff really soon. It is... Uh, so, I used to live with some midwives... And on your birthday, you're supposed to ask your mom about your birth story. So it was my birthday, so I asked my mom about my birth story. And then I wrote this punk song. So here you go.
How exciting. I really, uh, there's a lot of times I look for music to play on my podcast, and it's so nice having a musician this time that we can just yes. put your music in. Just um, have it out there. Yeah, and I got all kind of other songs. I got a band camp, I got a Spotify. Oh, last thing I would love to plug. Spank Williams Morning Jams. I'm working on it, but it's a Spotify channel, and it's um, it's on my Spank Williams Alaska on Facebook. Uh, I I do jams wherever I happen to be, and um, a bunch of them are from when I was in Hawaii, and then I have a bunch back here at home, and I'm just gonna kind of throw them up as they happen, but. You know, fresh songs. Um, my friend Sherry, who's a folk musician as well, she um, oh, she's a frequent attendee to the jams, and um, it's just it's just a good time. So that's just a free Spotify channel. If you How, what is the name of them? Spank Williams Morning Jams. Spank Williams Morning Jams. Sounds like a make a show out of that. It is a show, man. We just need to get more podcasters. Did you ever think about doing that? Well, yeah, no, totally. I want a podcast. Do you? I want to be like my favorite murder and like tour the world and have t-shirts. You can. That's merch. what I want. Put out the merch. I want the fucking merch. Well, there's going to be, okay, so the new Spank Williams lovesick shirts are going to be ringer tees. Black shirts with red Ringers like baseball tees, uh-huh. and then the design is super cool. Danny Figueroa from Evergreen Tattoos did this awesome knuckle tat design. So we're gonna have awesome shirts. We're gonna have the new CDs. Album's called Love Sick. When? It's all original. As soon as I have enough money, <sighs> maybe tax return will be generous. Supporting your. Supporting your own art, right? All I do is talk about money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Well, (laughs) I'm an artist. My dad was like, you should talk to the kids about money and teach them. You should teach them how poor you have to be to be an artist. I'm like, yeah. I mean, everybody told me. I just didn't care. (laughs) How about if there's a Democratic presidential uh, candidate running right now, Andrew Yang. Uh-huh. And he's pushing this uh, universal basic income. Yeah. Where you would get a thousand dollars a month. Uh huh. To use however you see fit. To that would be taken from taxes of um, automation companies because all the people are losing their jobs through automation. So a tax. Shit, and anybody want to give me money? That's fine. Let's go. Okay. So that's. I, I love that idea for. No, I don't think so. But it's an idea. His idea could win. His idea could be pushed forward. Ah. Uh. No. Trump is the fucking president, dude. What are you talking about? Now? But still ideas. Ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that helps I mean, artists. It's not gonna... Yeah. Um, no, what I need to do is get my shit together and... Um, and it doesn't... You're right. You're, you're talking about it. It doesn't happen by the government giving it to you. I have to, I have to get my tip jar ready so all you lovely people out there can give me a dollar if you yeah. feel like it. To get your... Album out there. Get my album. Yeah. It's done. It's just waiting for the editing done or the production of it to get it to you. Um, uh, I gotta get the wave files and send it to the printers. You know, album makers. 
That's I'm going at the Atomic Disc in Seattle. They're really nice and cool. Awesome. And they CDs. look super nice, yeah. I mean, I know CDs are like a little bit old fashioned, but also it's a way that you can, like, I don't know, it's a thing. It's a way you can make music a thing. You can give someone something. You can give someone. Like, getting it on your phone is cool, but it's not the same. But I gotta get on Spotify, man. Do what you are. No. Morning Jams. Uh, not Spotify, I'm sorry. Uh, SoundCloud. Yes, come on, SoundCloud. I was so wrong. It, well, a lot of people say SoundCloud is not a good place, but it's never led. I don't down. care what people say. What, yeah, right who are they? Like, they're just the oh. internet. Yeah, right. Fuck it's their working. noise. So what do you want to do on SoundCloud? You want to do, like, a podcast and talk and put your music out there and talk and tell stories and stuff? That is, that is what the Morning Jams is. We you just talk? chill. I, I'm thinking you're playing, though. We chill and we talk and we play a song and then we talk some more and then we eat some toast and we hang out. I mean, it's great. No, I agree. It is a podcast. It's it just is. a varying lengths. And I can't be committing to, like, a weekly schedule. Well, I don't know. I have you to. You have to. I have to figure out how to make it well, so. Monthly. I just want to. I have to make it so I can, like, set it up and then it'll. The bot will do it at the time. Scheduled posts. And the automation. The automation. See, Andrew Yang wants to help us with that. Uh, That's someone's job. Someone used to get paid to do all that. Some marketer, some social media marketer. Now it's all automated. Press the button, sorry. I don't know. I should probably just work for a petroleum engineering firm. No. She's probably get a nine to five with benefits. I, it's hard to help those people. So I like all that. I like theater, and, but I have not been to any theater since being here. And I don't know if I've even been to theater in my life. Oh, when I was a kid, we went to a Shakespeare Theater when I was in Disney World in Orlando. It was a Shakespeare Dinner Theater. It's probably not, no, that's not true. Um, we went to an outdoor production of Sound of Music in uh, Baltimore. You didn't go to my Sound of Music? No. But next one you do, I will. Go. It's easier when you know the people because you can, you just know about, I feel it is, helping support them and feeling more personalized to it. So when I saw you tonight, going through, I was going through Facebook, checking out kind of some prehistory of you and saw you had done Sound of Music. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's one of the only ones that I've ever seen live. Mother loves Sound of Music. I made the poster too. I really like that poster. I like making you, posters. Um, when you said you made it, I didn't don't necessarily say you. Um, is it painted? Is it um, just digital? Photoshop. Yeah. It takes a lot of time to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that shit though. Just Make a poster all day. Stuff like editing, like editing a film or a music video or something. I can like sit down and I can get up and it's Saturday afternoon. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I can get super sucked into a thing. I was at work until like 9.30 p.m. or something one night. Like, not even realizing how intently I was editing. Um, yeah, it's, you know, when you're doing what you love. I love... Time stops, but it doesn't. I love teaching drama. I love Shakespeare. I love acting. Do you teach drama in town? 
Um, I've been doing artists in the schools residencies. Um, like continually that. since I was like. Is that just just with elementary kids? A kid. No. With through high school. Um, I haven't. I got this. I just got this job. Um, so I haven't uh, been hustling that as much. We're saying this job. Here in Alaska Blues. No. Alaskan Alaskan Blues. Trimming. Is that what you do? Packaging. Yeah. Trimming. Have you done that before? Yeah. Like on a uh, regular basis, or yeah. much like, yeah, that's that's. It's been a side profession throughout my. Just a way to hustle money. Generate lifetime, yes. And then being around cannabis. I uh, I do love to smoke the weed. Always have. Hippie. Is, has that is that part of your art, or is it separate? Hmm. I would say that when I do smoke weed, I want to sing and play guitar. Like, I pretty much immediately start singing, and I'll, I'll catch myself doing it. Like, I'll go in the basement and smoke a joint, and then I'll go upstairs and be cleaning or something, and I'm singing, like, right away. Um, so it's like... I think it just comes to the surface more easily, but I don't think, I wouldn't say like I necessarily use cannabis to, for my art, but I am kind of always high. Just so. a piece of it. It's just, it's just my life right now. It's such, it's such a gentler path, you know, because I was like, I was an alcoholic and then I was just kind of like taking a bunch of ibuprofen and just not feeling good. And then I just kind of quit everything but like vitamins and smoking weed. Are you looking to list or searching for your perfect property? Well, contact Matt Wade at Century 21 Gold Rush, community member for over 20 years, helping you through the real estate buying and selling process. Matt Wade c21 at gmail.com m-a-t-w-a-d-e-c-2-1 at gmail.com 907-978-0127 helping you through the process matt wade century 21 gold rush was cannabis always along for the ride oh yeah yeah i've always smoked weed since i was like 17 no, was it, what happened? Was the first time? Um, I don't specifically remember like somebody handing me my. I grew up, you know, up here in Alaska, and then also in Hawaii. So there was always a lot of weed around. Cause I mean, it was legal till '88, right? Mm -hmm. So I was eight when it became illegal. So I remember, I remember joints at parties. I remember New Year's Eve parties with bags of weed on the table. I remember like, I was coloring with my girlfriend and she opened the closet and she was like, that's daddy's garden. And it was like, like an enormous grow room under the stairs. <laughs> and that's when I was little. I was probably like six or seven. So that was the first time you'd seen it? Seen a grow room? Well, seen uh, cannabis. No, 
No, I had seen it. I'd seen bags. I'd yeah. seen. I'd seen joints. I knew what it smelled like. Like it, no, just it just in your wasn't house, like around and just being around. Just people. A bonfires, campfires, parties. It was no big thing. It was no big thing. My mom didn't <laughs> smoke weed, um, but she never minded it, and uh, she didn't drink. She doesn't drink either. She she might have half a glass of wine or something, but she really she really doesn't take any substances. And my dad was quite the um, substance abuser. <laughs> um, my late father. So, like, I definitely took after my dad as far as addictive personality and, and you know, just finding, finding glasses of bourbon very, like, glamorous. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what you sold know. us. We were talking about earlier with the um, the ballet and things, and that's that glass of bourbon is sold to a lot of people as the high class yeah. kind of thing. Like that's what money is. I feel super subversive, like n- not eating meat and not drinking. Like in so many contexts, people look at me like I'm in a cult or something. You know, and I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be a nerd about it, but at the same time, like, I, those are common practices I just don't participate in anymore. And it, you know, it kind of makes you a weirdo, but like. In social settings, because you're in not social participating settings, in what people are doing. But. <sighs> not in cannabis settings. Not in cannabis settings. I love cannabis settings. I want I want there to be the uh, you know the the um, on-site consumption, and I really would love to be the house band at somewhere. Thanks or, for bringing that back. I the reason that we're talking here today is one both of us activated and made it happen. We just didn't sit there activate. and go. I love activate. It it um it's that action. It's we could have both sat back and said, "No, nah, we're not." Season get the day. Season the day. Season the day. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Not not season, but no. season. Season. Make it, yeah, make it spicy. Thanks. Agreed. <laughs> you have to. If you sit back and watch it go by, lean in. Yes, take it in. So that is one reason. That we're here today because we both lent in, leaned in. Leaned in. We, we both leaned, leaned in. in. And secondly, I was in a giant cannabis circle that you were sitting maybe four down from me. Uh-huh. And I had mentioned <laughs> to Mark Hubbard, I think this is a bigger circle than at the higher calling club. And then you, I worked there, I played there. Let's get on the show. I did play there. I loved it there. How did um, that happen? How did how did? I came back. I came back from Sacramento, where my dad had been sick, and um, 
And the Higher Calling Club had opened, and I Facebook messaged them and said, Action! Hey guys, um. Did you know them? Like, I did not know them, but I knew I smoked some fucking weed and I was very funny. My songs were funny. And I, and I asked them if I could play, and I played three gigs there, and it was all really fun. People paid a few bucks at the door, and like, they had all the snacks and coffee and everything. And everybody was smoking, and like, they had really nice fans going, so, you know, it wasn't very smoky inside, it was like filtered. And it was just so fun, like, to play in a context where people are really listening to your lyrics and relaxing, you know, and like, out to have a good time and listen to live music and like... There's not really any threat of violence or uh, a dangerous level of machismo. Like, there's not going to be a lot of, like, just thinking about playing late at a bar. It just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, we, I played the other night at the Marlin. This motherfucker bit. My friend Amanda, my bass player, like, assaulted my friend Kate. I had to, like, drag him out by his hair. While you guys were playing afterwards? Well, we were just standing around waiting to get paid at the bar. Just drunk. He he was drunk. He was on drugs, I think, maybe. Like, the, the establishment took care of him really quickly. It was fine. Like, nobody did anything wrong. But it's just, like... If I played a weed club, nobody would be drooling and biting it. And the, the chance of that happening is much smaller. It's just so much smaller. I, I loved it there. It felt so good. Yeah. There was none of that paranoia of smoking. At concerts, when you go to a concert or a club and you're smoking a joint, watching the, the, the act. Uh, Sometimes, most of the time, I can let go. And other times, you're still worried that someone's going to catch you. Or if a, a cop walks by or one of the security guards will go, oh, I can't hide that. Not at the higher calling club. You know, we were talking about Amsterdam today. And, like, I went to Amsterdam in, like, 2003. Um, so a long time ago. But it was really nice to go to a place where it was legal and just, like, go to a coffee shop and smoke a joint in a weed place with weed smokers, where it was totally fine, you know? And that's kind of like, it's a pretty freeing experience when kids these days, they're not going to appreciate, they're not going to know. We had to sit and wait for some weird loser to, like, give us the weed that we were just there to buy. But now we have awesome stores. Ooh, fucking love a store.
Chena Cannon, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're going to love this place. Convenient access right off the highway as you're hitting the lakes the summer or a Valkyrie's trip on the way out of town. Stock up on those special in-house strains. Taffy, sourdough, fruity pebbles, boost banner, green crack. Always a $5 pre-roll and special and $10 grams. Concentrates, buy good cannabis, good titrations, edibles, AK Frost, good cannabis gummies. Head on over to Chena Cannabis. Check out the full menu on Leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., 9 p.m., Sunday, noon to 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis, your North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. down so many of the old feelings I used to have when I used to run out be on the cusp of running out of cannabis think, where am I going to get it again oh shit I got to call this person got to get this going now I can run out and it doesn't really affect me because I know I can get it like that feeling of running out doesn't happen other yeah. than my money and I don't feel like like Town's I don't not gonna be dry. I don't buy that much at a time because like you can always get it I don't you know there's no scarcity it's just like oh it's so great oh sorry later um it's just so great it's just so sane that's good I mean but there's like there's gonna be this fundamental divide in our nation as long as the bible belt is so anti queers and weed we're all fucking queer smoking weed over here. Like, if you can't handle us, you can't handle us, but... Is it fine? Could, is it, as a republic, can some states say, no, we don't want cannabis in some state we do? So, uh, I think when you get into homosexuality or any of that, it's someone's rights. So you can't take away someone's rights by anything. No, 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 no. So what are you talking about? We all, if, if they're going to let alcohol be the rampant, disgusting scourge that it is, God, I fucking, look at me, I'm like a, an old abolitionist. No, alcohol's bad. It's bad for people. People die of alcoholism all the time. It's bad for Fairbanks. It's bad for the mentally ill. It's bad for the homeless. It's dare I say, bad for the Native Alaskan people. It's certainly fucking bad for me. It's been bad for my family. It's been bad for it my It does friends. more harm than good. I gotta say, being high all the time is a gentler path. And I feel like drinking is usually leads to trouble. Definitely costs a lot of money. Is bad for you. It's just really bad for you. And you know what? It's not sexy. Guess what? 
weed makes you want to do it more. It doesn't make you worse at fucking. Unlike alcohol. Makes you worse? Worse at fucking, yes. I don't really think. That's just science. What's the proof? I see no upside to alcohol. Uh, celebration. Um, I I definitely enjoy beer, but I, I'm definitely drinking so much less. The last time I had a beer was maybe a month ago. Nice. I'm just, it's not, but I used to drink a lot more daily without yeah. cannabis, without cannabis around. Well, this was just better for me to just have none. It's just easier to just have nothing than to try to like have little rules and regulate myself and blah, blah, blah. No, that doesn't mean yeah, that's easy. That's I'm the not, best rule, none. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just better, I'm just better at none. I'm just better at none than I am at some. With that, you know? There are, there are things I just like would rather have enough. Just have enough. And of all the drugs in the world, like I know what alcohol does. I know exactly what it does. I know what one beer does. I know what five beers do. I know what six gin and tonics do. I know exactly what it feels like. Like, guess what? I don't really know what it feels like. Feeling all of my feelings. <laughs> you don't know that, or well, no, yet. I did it. I did it. You know, because right. alcohol is a great painkiller. And it's a great number. And I lived numb for years and years and years and years and years. And so, like, taking off that mask and feeling my feelings is a fucking bitch. I do not like feeling. <laughs> Did you activate as much then? Or do you find yourself activating more now? Uh, I'm better at everything now. Better. I'm better at being myself. Um... I'm not, I would not say necessarily that I'm, like, way better at life or ambition or anything. I was always... You don't have to be. Better, as long as, better is good. I feel better. It's on the other side. I don't feel so crazy. I felt really crazy for a long time and not great. And now I feel pretty great pretty much most of the time. I just, (sighs) happiness is a choice. And health is a choice, and smiling is a choice, you know? And, like, if you, like, decide, if you decide that you're fucking grateful for your job, and you're grateful for your car, and you're grateful for your nice warm house, you know, like, appreciate everything in your life and you know water your flowers don't let anything get neglected and whatever like whatever you don't have time for you don't have time for that's not that's not what's important to you you know and so i'm just trying to like like harvest my jedi powers so that like i'm using my energy with intention and with like that's a that's a uh, a great lesson in life to use your energy with intention yeah so you know that's that's what I'm working on rock and roll Mm. getting high Um, I like swimming at the swimming pool 
do that. Yeah, flying around, travel, kind of a jet setter. Yeah. I go please. There's a lot coming up here in the spring for you. Um, yeah, I got, well, lots I got of, my new album. Lots of things happening. When's the next time you're going to be performing that people can come see you? Um, probably, we're booking March right now. Because I'm going to be gone a bunch in February. So, I think we're going to do a couple of dates in March. We're going to be going to Whitehorse to um, play in Canada. Nice. Um, my fire troupe, Fairbanks Fire and Flow, is going to be performing at Ice Alaska at the fairgrounds, the World Ice Art Championships, um, like a bunch in March, and um, should have the album release party, t-shirt, pre-orders, like all the shit. I'll have it all together. March sounds good. I like March. Maybe like Patty's Day, Super Party. Nah, right. It's green. Let's celebrate it differently than with alcohol, right? It's just smoke weed. Give it, give another green uh, flavor to it. And the new green. It can be. What? (laughs) I see lots, lots of good stuff coming. I'm glad. Yes, I'll have a. Got to meet you. I'll have a weed. I'll have a weed only St. Patty's Day party. And if people want to go drinking, they can go everywhere else. Nice. If they just want to smoke weed, they can go to my house. Look forward to seeing that invite. Let's see. Thanks for coming on, Spank. Spank Williams. And do you know? I, one last thing. Between Spank Williams and Carrie, what do you? Is are there? Are they one thing? Because I, I'm having that own issue with me being celebrity and being mid-toker. And Is your fame really starting to get to you? Not necessarily. I mean, the paparazzi won't leave They don't know my face. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Do people recognize you out? Yeah, I'm Carrie Seward. There you go. Do people recognize me? Well, I mean, like, as your, uh, as Spank Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That don't know you as Carrie. Uh, well, I mean, lo- a lot of people know me from a lot of things. I do a lot of stuff, so um, people stop me all the time. And, but but people do know me as Spank Williams. Like sometimes people will be like, they'll be trying to figure out where they know me from, and I'm like, I'm Spank Williams, and they're like. <laughs> that's it that's what you know that's what they're looking for I guess I guess I do got those those powers <laughs> 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 okay alright well goodbye this is my first time I was ever a guest on a podcast I'm glad to be bringing uh, the people of Fairbanks to the world with a cannabis lens what, what? Yeah. thanks for coming on Hey, thank you. Hey, hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. Here's Token. Here's Token.